Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this final episode of my special Hall of Fame editions of the All Things Basketball, I'll be covering the WNBA players and also some college coaches that deserve some consideration, some merit, at least looking at their numbers in terms of the Hall of Fame goes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so a few weeks ago, I actually the list came out for the WNBA Top 25, so we went through that. So um, in this Hall of Fame Special Edition, I figured we'd go over the players that should get some consideration in the Hall, and um, I would think um, some of these ladies would get in so let's get into it um let's go with the players that are not eligible yet but oh, they're they're getting in sooner or later uh diana tarasi and sue bird especially if they retire they both retire this year um i saw that um diana tarasi couldn't even play in the first round of the wnba playoffs she's still dealing with that knee so um, those two ladies, once they're done in five years, they'll get the call. And if, wouldn't it be cool if they both got in the same year? They, they're like, those two are so linked together. Um, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi from their days at UConn, um, from their, all their Olympic exploits and, um, they just seem to be li- linked at the hip, although they they never played together in the WNBA, other than some um, some All Star games. So uh, that would be cool five years down the line. So um, so that that's them. Um, a player who who um, retired last year. Simone Augustus uh so when her time comes I think she'll get in as well um part of that that uh Minnesota squad that was so dominant in the league so um and she was definitely one of the key figures so yeah I think she gets in uh a player that um she retired in 2019. Elena Beard, I think, in time she gets in as well. Um, and then you got four ladies that um, retired in 2018. One, I'm not sure if she's coming back or not, but Lindsay Whalen, Cappy, Cappy Pondexter, uh, Rebecca Brunson, again, I bring up, she's an interesting case. She's the five-time um, uh, champ, five five times getting a chip, which um, she's one of the only ones with that uh, recognition there, Rebecca, Rebecca Brunson. Um, so I'm not sure on her accolades itself would uh get her in but um that's definitely um 
worth at least taking a look at. And Maya Moore, who we told the story. She only played eight years in the league, got three three chips. Um, dominant player, dominant player for those Minnesota Link teams. And she walked away for, you know, for social justice reasons. Um, so I don't believe she's coming back. She's three years removed from the league. Um, I've seen stranger things happen, but seems like she's happy where she is. So, um, if that's the case and she doesn't come back, so I say another two years, she'll probably hear her name called for the hall. Even with the short eight year career, I think, I think the Hall would give her special consideration, that's for sure. So then you have the active players, those players with a seems like they'll end up in the Hall. Players like Candace Parker, Sil- Sylvia Fowles, Brittany Griner, Elena Deladon, Brianna Stewart, even though she's young in her career, seems like she's um, has a Hall of Fame trajectory for her career. Uh, Aneka Amumake, um, seemed like she's well on her way as well. Tina Charles, Angel Cotri, uh, Candice Dupree, um, seems like she's headed that way. And Skylar Diggins-Smith, um, definitely seems like she's going that route as well. So, um, now for the players that are retired, um, and... Um, need to be considered. Uh, Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond, 5'6". Um, definitely undersized, but um, found a way to dominate in the league. Came in the league 1999. Played until 2014. So she's definitely eligible right now. Uh, play with, played those uh, 16 seasons. 8 with the Liberty. 8 with uh, San Antonio Stars. Um, six-time All-Star, um, 13 points per game, <clears throat> 3.8 assists, 2.5 rebounds, and a little over a steal a game. Four-time All-NBA as well, um, one-time one uh, leading the league in three-pointers made, and also led the league in assists one year as well, so... I think Becky Hammond gets in. I think she does. <clears throat> and, you know, she didn't get a chip in her career, but I think um, given her size and what she was able to do, I think we'll get her in. Tina Pinachero. I I know when I spoke about the WNBA Top 25, I kind of poo-pooed her being on the list. Then I took a closer look at her numbers, man. I was like, well, um... 511 uh the the um point guard for that Sacramento Monarchs team for many years then she went on to LA Sparks then finished her career in Chicago played came in the league 1998 like I said uh till 2012 four-time all-star has the championship she led the league and assists seven times Wow. Uh, Three-time All-NBA, 6.1 
a little over six points a game, uh, 5.7 assists per game in a career, 3.3 rebounds, and then 1.7 steals. Um, I was looking at her um, her listing as far as assists. She, the lowest she's finished was six in the league. Um, so yeah, so she. She had a niche that was passing, and she did it very well in this league. So I think in due time, she gets in as well. Um, even with those numbers, yes, she gets in. Uh, Swing Cash, um, another player to consider coming out of the mighty UConn program, 6-1. Um, played, started out with the Detroit Shock, played with those uh, teams over there. Um Moved on to Seattle, then to Chicago, Atlanta, and then ended her career with the New York Liberty. A four-time All-Star, twice All-Star MVP, which uh, is pretty astounding. Uh, two-time All-NBA. Uh, she played until 2016, so she's just about eligible. Um, again, three-time champ. 10.7 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, and 2.4 assists. Um, so, swing cash, I think, in due time, in due season, um, she'll eventually, eventually get the call. Um, Nikisha Sales, again, I, I've i been singing her praises. Um, six feet tall, coming out of the mighty UConn program. Um her, um, her college exploits um, was on some championship teams there. Uh, came into this league. Um, actually, she came in the uh, supplementary draft. Um, started out with the Orlando Miracle, who I believe later became the Connecticut Sun. Uh, Seven-time All-Star. One time All NBA. She, one year she led the league in steals, 14.2 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, two and a half assists, 1.8 steals. So, Nakisha Sales, again, her career was cut short because of injury, but, um, <clears throat> but I think, um, you know, she was on. She was on a trajectory there to finish strong if it wasn't for the um, knee injury. So um, she'll get consideration. Will she get in? Maybe in due time. But um, probably, um, again, once folks really look at her numbers and look at you know her impact in such a short time, um, uh, seven of the nine years she made the all-star team. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. So, anyhow, moving on. Shamika Holzkall. I'm I'm really surprised. Um, she hasn't really gotten the call yet. Um, and definitely, if you want to include college exploits, uh, in the Olympics, what she did there. And in the WNBA, I think she should get in. Um, again, um, in her career, played well. Only thing was when um, seemed like 
um, mental illness got got a hold of her. She's dealing with it now. She's um, she's actually an advocate for addressing that issue, which is a great thing. Um, started out her career, came in league 1999, um, started out with Washington, moved on to the L.A. Sparks, then to Atlanta franchise, and then to San Antonio. Um, played until 2007, stepped away from the game because of, you know, what she was dealing with. Came back to the league in 2009 and played another couple of seasons, and then she hung it up. So, um, six-time All-Star, three-time All-WNBA, she won a Rookie of the Year, she won a, a scoring title as well, two-time rebounding champ. Um, nearly 17 points per game, uh, 7.6 rebounds, two and a half assists, and 1.3 steals. So, um, Shamika Holesclaw, I don't know what the deal is. Um, the Hall need to get on it because she needs to be in there. Um, that's for sure. So, moving on to, uh, Margot Dedick, um, coming at was drafted um out of not portland but poland <laughs> uh over there in europe um still the tallest player on record to play in the nba the wnba that is seven foot two um she came in the league 1998 played until 2008 um started out with you the utah franchise uh, went to san antonio and connecticut and ended a career with the sparks in la uh two-time all-star two-time all defense she led the league in blocks nine times guys so pretty much her whole career she led the league in blocks 10 points per game uh 6.6 rebounds 2.7 blocks per game um the only person I believe is ahead of her in career blocks is Lisa Leslie, and that's only because Lisa Leslie played longer than Margot Dedick. Um, I think if she played as many years as Lisa Leslie, it, uh, it may be out of reach, although uh, someone like uh, Sylvia Fowles or Brittany Griner will definitely give it a run for, it, uh, for its money there. But um, Margot Dedick, I think, at least should get get some consideration. She, and she passed at an early age, too, as well. So, um, yeah, I think she should get consideration. Another player, I've been singing the praises of her as of late, uh, Katie Douglas. Um, coming out of Purdue, six feet tall, started out with the Orlando team. In fact, uh... She was there around the same time as Nikisha Sales. Um, played there, then went on to Connecticut, just as Sales did. Um, eventually went to Indiana, and that's where she got her chip. Um, over there <coughs> with Tamika Catchings. Uh, and then she went back to UConn. So, came in the league 2001 played till 2014 so she's 
she's she's eligible. Um, five-time All-Star, um, uh, one-time. Um, oh, all, uh, one All-Star MVP, four times All WNBA, five times All Defense, the championship, of course, thirteen and a half points per game. 3.8 rebounds, 2.6 assists, and a steal and a half per game average for her career. Uh, Katie Douglas, I think, definitely should get some consideration. Will she get in? That I don't know. Um, I say she has the numbers. I definitely say that. So um, perhaps in due time, again, uh, they'll have to look at her numbers closer and be like, hmm, maybe she should. Um, I've been singing the praises of this, uh, this player as well. I actually saw a write-up, uh, recently, uh, talking about her being a major snub on that, that, uh, WNBA 25. Dina Nolan. Dina Nolan coming out of Georgia, 5'9", um, played her whole career in Detroit. Um, 2001, she came into the league, uh, retired early and I was, I was reading about it. And the reason she did retire, the Detroit shock franchise was going under. So they, they were making the move to Tulsa. They became the Tulsa shock. She did not want to move. She did not want to move when the franchise moved. So, um, Five-time All-Star, five-time All-WNBA, five-time All-Defense, three-time cha uh, champion, uh, one Finals MVP, 13.6 uh, points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 3.2 assists, and 1.3 steals per game. Dylan Nolan definitely... Um, deserves consideration for the Hall. Uh, again, if it wasn't for the the franchise moving, she would have still been playing. Um, definitely, she should get some consideration here. And again, she got robbed not being on the WNBA uh, 25. She should have been on it. Um, again, who you could have took off? I say Swing Cash probably could have came off, and you put Dina. Nolan on. I don't think you get too many um, arguments there. So, um, moving on to the last player I'll talk about, Cheryl Ford. Um, she too uh, played in uh, for the Detroit Shock her whole career. Very short career too. Um, two thousand and three, she played up until two thousand nine, and. I don't know if her reason was the same as Dina Nolan's, the fact that when the franchise was moving to Tulsa, she didn't want to go either. Um, I, I don't have any, I can't confirm or deny that, so um, I'm not sure. Anyhow, 6'3", um, the daughter of Carl Malone, as we all know, four-time All-Star, one-time uh, All-Star MVP, uh, won a Rookie of the Year, two-time All-WNBA, one-time All-Defense, three-time champion, twice led the league in rebounds, 
10.8 points per game, 9.7 rebounds, and a steal, a little over a steal per game. Um, short career, um, so probably won't get the consideration. I'm sure they have a number of years, a cap number of years that you have to play, but in her short time, she did a lot of damage, so... Um, and that'd be kind of cool to have father and daughter in the Hall of Fame. Not sure if, um, not sure if we have that in the league, in the Hall so uh, thus far. I don't think so. Uh, I could be wrong on that. So, anyhow, so those are the WNBA players that I think at least deserve some consideration for the Hall. So, um, and then my last segment will be college coaches. Which won't be all that long, but um, yeah, it you know it's it's definitely a list to consider as well. So, uh, the last segment you'll hear from me on this All Star Special will be the college coaches. Okay, guys, let's talk briefly about college coaches. Those that end up getting in the Basketball Hall of Fame were. Completing the last part of my Hall of Fame special episode, so this is the last one we'll talk about college coaches. It's always peculiar how they end up pitching, picking uh, college coaches. Um, they pick some that's still actually coaching. You know, not, they don't wait for their careers to be over. So, And then also, it's normally that they pick guys who have least won a championship on some level or um in the case of eddie sutton who recently got in a few years back um it's just the longevity and you know you you gotta have a favorable record obviously so um and there's a number of guys that's active that you know probably can use a little more time like steve alford uh, Tony Bennett, who actually has a championship under his belt. Um, Kelvin Sampson. Um, and, uh, hmm, yeah, those are a few to, to name so far. So, um, so for the others, um, you, you, you just have to see how they weigh things. Like, I would say a guy like Rick Barnes probably should get consideration. He's coached 35 years. He has a 727 wins against uh, 387 losses. So he has a 65% winning percentage um, as a coach. He coached at George Mason, at Providence, Clemson, Texas, and Tennessee. Um, he's coached the likes of Kevin Durant, um, LaMarcus Aldridge, um, TJ Ford, actually Durant and TJ Ford were two player of the years under his watch, uh, PJ Tucker, DJ Augustine and Eric Murdoch, uh, when he was at Providence. So he's coached, uh, some pretty good players. He, um, Four-time regular season champ, um, one-time conference champ, uh, 25 tournaments he's made in his 35 years. Uh, he's won a coach of the year 
uh, pretty recent, actually. And he's been the one Final Four. So he's a guy you would probably consider, I I think. Um, definitely would give him consideration. Maybe a guy like uh, John Beeline, who coached at Kinesis, at Richmond, West Virginia. Then he went to Michigan. 27 years, he's coached 571 uh, wins against 325 losses. So that's like a 63.7 percentage. Um, Four-time regular season champ, four-time conference champ. He's made 13 uh, NCAAs, two Final Fours. And he's won the coach of the year in the Big Ten as of recently. So, And he's coached the likes of Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Moritz Wagner. Uh, he's coached Karis LeVert. Um, he's also coached Jordan Poole, Glenn Robinson II. Um, yeah, so he's coached quite a bit of players here. Um and again, he uh, he has a solid record. So maybe down the line, uh, who knows? Maybe down the line. Um, here's a guy I think who should probably get in. Uh, Dale Brown. Um, he coached all. He coached primarily at LSU. Um, he, he's he's coached some uh, some fine teams. Uh, Twenty five years he's put in um, two four hundred and forty. 48 wins, 301 losses, so it's just shy of 60%. Um, He's he's taken two teams to the Final Four. The one team um, where he used the freak defense, um, it was some kind of bizarre defense that he used, but it was so effective, so much so that he made a Final Four with it. Um, He's known oddly to... Uh, one year where all his players got chicken, a lot of his players got chicken pox. So he ended up playing uh, Ricky Blanton, who was a shooting guard. He played him at center and had success doing that. Um, he's coached the likes of Shaquille O'Neal, who absolutely reveres the man. Um, Chris Jackson, who's now known as Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Um, Chris Jackson was a dynamite college player, by the way. Um, maybe one day, uh, I'll, when I do my, uh, look back in, uh, of the days of yesteryear, I'll talk about him. Uh, Jerry Ice Reynolds, who, um, Dale Brown actually got into a little trouble with the, the NCAA in that regard. Um, John Williams, uh, Stanley Roberts, he had the one team that had O'Neal, Stanley Roberts, and Chris Jackson there, and then he had the uh, solid backcourt of later on Randy Livingston and Ronnie Henderson. But um, Livingston had those injuries, the knee injuries, so he really couldn't um, shine um, the way he should have. And then there's the Lester Earl situation, where again Dale Brown saw a little bit of trouble, and then over the years, actually. Um, Lester Earl apologized to Dale Brown for, um, you know, the trouble that he saw, but I think Dale Brown, uh, probably should make it in, uh, four regular, regular season championships, one, uh, conference championship. He's made 
13 NCAAs and then the two Final Fours, like I said. Um, and uh, use that freak defense that I don't think anybody uh, else uh, come close to using, but it was effective. So Dale Brown, I think, could get in. Um, Steve Fisher is a guy who, very interesting. Um, he's co He coached at Michigan. Remember, he he took over for uh, Bill Creeder um in 1989 and he went on that magical run with uh glenn rice as as the focal point and he ended up winning the uh ncaa championship against seton hall and that was a stacked seton hall team um pj carlismo was the coach um yeah steve fisher and then you know he ended up uh coaching the fab five um chris weber um, Jalen Rose, Javon Howard, Jimmy King, Ray Jackson. So, so um, he coached those guys and pretty much let those guys be themselves. And man, he just, um, I, I think that team revol revolutionized uh, college football, college basketball at that time. Um, then he went on to San Diego State where he, uh, coach Kawhi Leonard over there so um 27 years 551 wins against uh 290 losses so that gives him a 66.3 percent um win percentage pretty good six-time regular season champ four times conference champ 15 NCAAs he made three final fours um the championship of course and uh he earned Naismith coach of the year uh once in his career as well so Steve Fisher I think somebody who should get strong consideration for the hall here's a guy who um actually as of late John Calipari's been uh beating the drum for him Joe B Hall Joe B Hall who's known for his tenure at um Kinet, uh Kentucky uh, he he coached only 16 years, uh, 334 wins against 129 losses. So gives him actually a 72 over a 72 percent uh, win percentage. Um, eight times uh, regular season champ within those 16 years, one conference championship, 10 NCAAs, three Final Fours, and a championship he won as well. Um, and he's one of three coaches to win the NCAAs as a player and a coach, and one of 10 coaches to win um, the NIT and the NCAA, and all of those coaches and all those player coaches are in the Hall of Fame. Um, he, he definitely deserves consideration. He coached a guy like uh, Jack Givens. Actually, he was the... He was the lead guy in winning that uh, championship there. Uh, Kyle Macy, who was his point guard at the time, solid college point guard, and Rick Roby. He also coached the likes of Sam Bowie, uh, Kenny Skywalker, and Melvin Turp Turpin. So, Joby Hall, I think, is a guy who I, I know Calipari's been uh, beating the drum for him. I think he's a guy who... Um, 
once you really look at his numbers, maybe gets in. Um, here's another guy who's um, won the cha championship and hasn't got in. Uh, Jeff Judd Heathcote. Judd Heathcote coached at Montana first and then went to Michigan State where he coached that famous uh, Magic Johnson team to, to the big game that really changed the face of college basketball, uh, Michigan State versus Indiana State in that uh, final there. Um, uh, coached 24 years, uh, 416 wins against 277 losses. So that puts him right at 60% um, win percentage. Five regular, se regular season championships, um, 10 NCAAs, one championship, of course. He won uh, the NABC Coach of the Year, two times Big Ten Coach of the Year. Um, coached the likes of Magic Johnson, Eric Snow, Sean Respert, uh, Scott Skiles, and a couple of future coaches you may have heard of, Tom Izzo and Tom Crean. So definitely a guy who I think should get some consideration for the Hall and Definitely for his imprint on college basketball, especially with Izzo and Cream becoming uh, successful college coaches themselves. So Judd Heathcote, I think, um, should get a look. Um, let's move on. Lou Henson. Lou Henson is a guy. He coached for 41 years. Um, 775 wins against 420 losses. Actually puts him just shy of 65% uh, percent win percentage. Um, three times regular season champion. One time conference champion. Made nine NCAAs. Two Final Four appearances. He's coached the likes of Derek Harper, Eddie Johnson, Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill, Kenny Battle, Sam Lacey. And he coached in various... Uh, places Hart and Simmons, New Mexico State, Illinois, and then back to New Mexico State again. So, um, Lou Henson, and then actually tried his hand in coaching in the NBA as an assistant, as a head coach as well. So, somebody else who I think should get some consideration, um, in that regard. Uh, let's move forward here. Um, uh, Gene Keedy, Gene Keedy, known for his uh, tenure at Purdue, uh, coached 27 years, 550 wins against 289 losses, 65.6 uh, win percentage, uh, seven regular conference champions, one conference champion, uh, 18 NCAAs he made, um, Seven times one um, Big Ten Coach of the Year and two NABC Coaches Coach of the Year awards. He coached the likes of uh, Glenn Big Dog Robinson, um, actually, and he he ended up being a Player of the Year. Brad Miller also amongst those he's coached. So um, Gene Keedy, a name you don't hear a lot these days, but definitely worthy of it. And the, here's another coach that's currently coaching that I think sh could eventually get in. Um, Bob Huggins, 
also known as Huggy Bear. Uh, 37 years and counting. Um, already has 828 wins against 357 losses. Almost 70% win percentage as a coach. 11-time conference champ. 10 times... Right. 11-time regular season champ, 10, 10 times conference champ. 25 NCAAs he's made, two Final Fours, and he has a few Coach of the Year uh, trophies in his closet as well. Uh, Coach to Akron at Cincinnati, at Kansas State, then now uh, recently with West Virginia. Um, he's coached the likes of... King and Martin, who ended up being a player of the year, uh, Nick Van Exel, Danny Fortson, uh, Jason Maxiel, um, Steve Logan. So uh, I think Huggy Bear could eventually get in. I definitely think so. Um, Rick Majerus. Rick Majerus um, coached for 25 years, uh, started at Marquette, then the Ball State, then those famous teams at Utah, and then um, on to St. Louis. Coach 25 years, 517 wins against uh, 216 losses. Over 70% win percentage. Um, 10 regular season um, championships. Five conference championships. 13 NCAAs he made, and he had one Final Four run. Um Coached the likes of Keith Van Horn, uh, Andre Miller, Andrew Bogut, to name a few. So, uh, Rick Majerus, I think, should get some consideration. Um, a few more, and then we're done here, guys. Um, let's see. Norm Sloan. Norm Sloan uh, coached 33 years. Um 558 wins against 359 losses. So that's a little close to 61% win percentage. Um, 33 years, three times regular conference champion. Regular season champion, three times conference champ. He has a few coach of the years in this closet. Only made six NCAAs. One final four, but he does have a championship. So, um, he, he, in fact, uh, his championship, um, he coached at Cit Citadel, then Virginia, then he went to NC State where he had the famous team led by David Thompson that won the championship that year, uh, winning against all odds. Um, and then Florida. He coached David Thompson, obviously, Tom Burleson, and then Dwayne Schintzis. Uh, over there when he was at Florida. So, um, not sparkling, but he does have the championship under his belt. So, that should give him consideration. Um, Tuppy Smith. Tuppy Smith. Um, boy, he's been around, uh, bouncing around quite a bit. Coached 31 years, 631 wins, 355 losses. So, that puts him... Right smack dab at 64 win percentage, um, nine regular season championships, five conference championships, uh, 18 NCAAs, and he won a championship. Um, coached, 
coached at Tulsa, then Georgia, then Kentucky, um, then the Minnesota, um, and got his championship uh, with Kentucky. Then the Minnesota to Texas Tech, Memphis, and then High Point. Um, he's coached the likes of Rajon Rondo, uh, Jamal McClure, Nazir Muhammad, um, Tayshawn Prince, and Keith Bogutz. Um Tubby Smith, I think, uh, definitely should get some consideration here, and he has the championship in his in his back pocket. So uh, these last two guys, no championship, but um, pretty pretty solid records. Um, Tubby Bill Tubbs, Billy Tubbs, rather, um, coached twenty nine years, six hundred and nine wins against three hundred seventeen losses. That gives him. Um, Nearly a 66 percent uh, uh, win percentage, eight times regular season champion, three times conference champ, made 12 NCAAs, had a Final Four run, and um, two times uh, Coach of the Year uh, as well, National Coach of the Year. Um, coached the likes of Wayman Tisdale. Now that's a guy I would like to do a Days of Yesteryear segment on. Wayman Tisdale was one of the best college basketball players I've seen um, play. Um, also coached the likes of Mookie Blaylock, uh, Stacy King, and um, Harvey Grant, who didn't join the other Grant brothers who... Uh, ended up going to Clemson. He went to Oklahoma where he had pretty good success. So uh, Billy Tubbs is a guy who I think deserves some consideration. And then lastly, Lon Kruger. Um, coach 35 years, um, 674 wins, 432 losses. So just shy of 61% win percentage, two times rate regular Season champ, uh, two times conference champ, uh, made 20 NCAAs, two Final Four runs. Um, he's coached with the likes of uh, Texas Pan Am, Kansas State, Florida, Illinois, UNLV, and Oklahoma. And he, too, coached on the pro level as well. Um, he coached the likes of Mitch Richmond. Uh, Andrew DeClerc, and current player you may have heard of, Buddy Heal. So, uh, Lon Kruger, definitely somebody who you got to take a look at and see um, and give some consideration to him. So, those are your guys um, I think should at least get some consideration. I know a few of them are in the College Basketball Hall of Fame, which to me is ridiculous. Either you have one Hall of Fame or you don't have any. Um... So it's just odd to me that there is a college basketball hall of fame and then a basketball hall of fame. Why not just have a NBA hall of fame? But what do I know anyway? So, um, so I know a few of those guys are in there. Will they get in the actual hall of fame? Uh, the basketball one in Nace, uh, the Naismith basketball hall of fame in Springfield, Massachusetts. We'll see how that goes. So, uh, so that's the wrap-up of my Hall of Fame uh, special editions, guys. The next time you hear from me, I'll be actually breaking down 
fantasy basketball and how you join and get involved in that because that'll be part of the all things basketball uh, as well. I'll be giving you um, my take on fantasy basketball in that regard as well as the NBA as a whole. So, all right, guys. So that's pretty much it. So I hope to talk to you soon and we'll be talking about fantasy basketball and how to get involved in that. So, my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at That Sports Dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.